Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Sebastian, we got a big weekend ahead of us. Uh, yeah, you're telling Maybe me. I do. You do. Uh, yeah, you definitely have a big weekend, and it's also Mother's Day weekend, which is the entire theme of our episode. Uh, so we got we got some interviews coming up uh, with some fantastic people, and um, so yeah, so that's coming up in a minute. Um, so quick recap of this past weekend before we talk about this weekend coming up. So I went to a tournament this past weekend, um, with, with Kyle, he took the 07 girls. I took the 2010s and the 08 girls, um, different results than, than the previous weekend for both teams or for all three teams, really, um, you know, tougher, tougher matchups. But at the end of the day, I think, I think both, both groups or both of my groups, you know, really, you know, pick something up from it. I thought um, while the competition was a lot better, it, it forced us to have to play better. And that's ultimately what I'm looking for. You know, um, the the previous weekend, the competition was not as great for, for either team. So it made us at times not always play at our best. This forced us to have to play at our best in order to be able to compete. Um, and, and both groups did. So I, I was very, very happy with that. Um, and then you're going to tournament this weekend. Same tournament, boys weekend this week. That's right. Uh, yeah. So looking forward to the 2007 boys and the 0809 boys. Uh, you know, the 07 boys, you know, caught up on that theme you were on a couple weeks ago, you know, building up, getting confidence, you know, getting better. And then, you know, playing against some better competition. So we'll see what the result is, you know. Um, that group is really just coming together, finding their identity. So, like, it's good to get them moving forward they're starting to understand they took a big step forward last weekend where they're communicating with each other they identify the best player you know talking strategy so they took a big leap forward in that development stage and then the 0809 group you know still continuing to develop getting used to that 11 the 11 field getting used to each other playing new positions i don't think anybody has a set position on that team yet i think kids have moved left and right just trying to find the best fit but hey, they're working hard. Uh, they had four training sessions this week because they had the ID sessions. So, you know, looking forward to working with them this weekend as well. Yeah, that'd be really good. So let's talk about the ID sessions because uh, we had the boys ID sessions for our juniors program and for our zone one travel program, our rep program. How were those ID sessions? Yeah, it was jam-packed, uh, especially with the – Juniors program, the first session, it was jam-packed, 2012s, 2013s, 2014s. People were coming up at the end of the first day saying, hey, I have a seven-year-old. Uh, what time is their session? I was like, bring them back tomorrow at 6. A lot of people, a lot of interest, a lot of development going on, a lot of skills. It, it's great. It's great to see that turn out, that many people interested, either one to see what an ID session is or to see if their kid's ready for travel. So hopefully going into the future, you know, those kids, you know, if they don't decide to come to travel this year, they do our pre-juniors pr- program in the fall or all year next year to prepare themselves for travel the following year. And for the zone one sessions, uh, you know, I, almost identical. Uh, I know the 2011s had a lot of players out there. The 2010s had a lot of players, and even I had a fair share of 2009s out there. So, you know, a lot of players generally interested in making that uh, commitment to travel, and I think it's good for the program. 
and it shows that you know the wreck to travel pathway is working. Yeah, yeah, and that that's that's credit to to you and Anthony for for leading that charge in general for that transition in between the two programs. And then this week we have the the girls' ID sessions coming up on on Tuesday um, and Thursday. So we're really excited for those. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really good time. Um, and then one other thing that got announced this week uh, was our Delaware Union Diamonds schedule. So our official schedule is up. Um, so for all that information in general, always make sure you check out facebook.com slash DE Union Diamonds or on Instagram at DE Union Diamonds. And of course, our Delaware Union accounts, uh, facebook.com slash Delaware Union on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer and on Twitter at DE Union Soccer. But, you know, for, for the Diamonds, we, um, we, we start our season June 12th against the Westmont United Shamrocks. Um, which it's going to be, that's our first game. This is the part that I'm really excited that our schedule worked out this way. Our first game as a women's team uh, will be at home. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that part of it. And then uh, we go, we go on the road for three games in a week, basically Um, three games in seven days on the road. And then we come back for two back-to-back games or, or almost back-to-back with a two day difference um, at home. We go back away to Lancaster and then we're back home to close out the season. Our last game, July 10th against Keystone. Uh, so, so I'm really looking forward to the season. It's going to be, it's, it's basically all happening within a matter of six weeks, four weeks, something like that. Like all the games get played in, in a short period of time. Um, so, so we're really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I talked to KP this weekend. I saw her and, and and she was really excited about about this. And I can't wait for her to to join us. Uh she's she's hopefully coming in next week at some point. So I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing her on the field. Um we're about to announce some new players. We can officially announce that Ashley Thomas is going to be on the team. Uh she is a freshman at McDaniel, um McDaniel College, and she is from Salisbury. So she's she's coming in. She's gonna be a defender for us. She's gonna be really really good. Um, reads the game extremely well, um, which is that's a part I'm I'm really excited about for her. It's gonna allow us to play in some different different ways. Um, so yeah. So overall, very very exciting stuff. This time of the year is crazy, but at the same time, with the women's team now, we we're looking at this time of the year as being something that. Um, we have something to really look forward to. It's not just that like dead period of just nothing or not much going on outside of summer camps. We have something really, really exciting happening. So, yeah, for, I know I usually do, you know, training once a week during the summer. So it's going to be awesome to be able to, you know, try to schedule those that have the women's team coming after or schedule those after the women's team, whatever our practice schedule looks like, but to have the kids come out there and see, Oh, wow. Like, this is why we play in two touch. Oh wow! This yeah. is why we spread the field like right. So you're able to take that product and almost show. All right, this is what a college collegiate player looks like. This is what we want you guys to ultimately become. Even even for the boys, especially for the girls, even for the boys as well, they can take notes and take away. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's going to be the really exciting part. Like I'm looking forward to just announcing the practice schedule and just having it be like completely open practices for players to come out and watch. Um, so that's going to be really, really exciting. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. A couple autograph sessions. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Pictures after practice, 
for sure. 100%. Dwayne, uh, do you know what is on my list of like the top like states that I really, really love in this country? Yeah. Colorado. Colorado is like, Colorado is really like at the top, one of the top states in the list. Uh, well, in Colorado, there are two of my absolute most favorite people in the world. Um, someone who I've known for six years now, who the first day I met her, put me to work. Uh, and then someone who uh, I met probably four years ago, five years ago, something like that, and married my best friend. Uh, and they had an awesome kid together. Uh, and also my wife is on the podcast today. Uh, so a little bit closer to home, uh, mm -hmm. literally in the same house. Um, so with us today, uh, returning guest, Miss Jamie Beamer Halsey or J Halsey Beamer. I, I don't know. I always get to call you Beamer. Uh, she, That's what is, I do too. <laughs> she is the, uh, recreational girls director of coaching at Fort Collins soccer club in Fort Collins, Colorado. And Miss absolutely fantastic to have her back on the podcast, Kelly Brown, uh, who is the head coach at Regis University. And my wife, Brittany, who is the assistant director at University of Delaware for the orientation office. Um, hello, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good. Great. Hey. <laughs> Poor Brittany's getting the, the bad end of the stick with the announcements here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm here for the the... Partner of a coach perspective, y'all are the stars being moms and coaches. That's such a big deal. So let's let's briefly talk about, because we want to catch up with you since the last time you've been on the podcast. So uh, Beamer, we'll start with you. How was your spring season in general or how was your fall? I, I believe we talked to you during the summer. I, I don't know. It's been so long. We're yeah, almost at a year in the podcast. So uh, wow. fall, fall and spring, how was, how was your, your year as a soccer coach? Um, the year's been good. I mean, it's up and down because of COVID. Obviously, everybody's dealing with it. So I feel like it's just a constant check on where we're at, what level we're at as far as colors go and protocol being followed. But I mean, I think, you know, my team has stayed relatively healthy. The coaches that I've overseen, you know, nobody's had to be in quarantine or anything like that. So we've been able to supply the experience to the kids, which is the most important thing. I still have a job, which is kind of nice to say, <laughs> um, you know, especially through all of this, you know, being, you know, a, a non-for-profit sports club, you know, you never know. Um, but it's been good. You know, this spring has been talking about, you know, a Mother's Day podcast and the conversation. Mother Nature is not really cooperating which is a bad thing. Um, you know, we're expected to get snow again here um, on Monday and Tuesday, which is crazy. Um, so if she would just cooperate for the next two weeks, then we can, you know, we could say that we've had a solid year of being able to play. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. But the spring has been good. Just the weather has been up and down. So it's, you know, forcing us to scramble a little bit. But other than that, it's been good. Gotta love Colorado. Yep. I just that's I think that's one of the reasons why at some point in my life want to li live there. I, I want to see snow in May. Um, well, when are you coming out in August? You, you could go up to the mountains to see it then. But um, right. yeah, you could absolutely fly out within the next two days and you will see it. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Kelly, how is your you 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 started a job in the middle of this entire thing. And uh, so how is your first pretty much full year at, at Regis? 
Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, just like Beamer said, it's it's been hard with COVID because there's so many things that are changing. So everything you thought you knew to prepare you for your first head coaching job was completely changed. Um, so it was it was tough. I think the fall was tough. Everybody, our fall season got canceled and nobody knew what was going to happen or when it was going to happen. They just knew we can't play sports. And we were under a lot of restrictions, which was difficult. I think as a first time head coach with a brand new team, uh, we were limited to groups of 10. They had to be spaced out. You can only go for an hour. You were, everybody was in masks. And so I didn't see the face of my players in person until gosh, last month um, when they finally lifted the mask ban. So it was a tough fall. And then spring, we're not a spring sport, especially in Colorado. And we actually had a spring season, but just like Beamer said, we were fighting mother nature the entire spring. And so right when you thought you had your first home game in 462 days, it snowed eight inches and us having a grass field, which is nice. They didn't plow it. Uh, so it's not like a turf field where you can plow. And in Colorado, it snows eight inches and then 60 degrees the next day. So it teased us a little bit, but we were able to get some matches in and qualify for a postseason and as a number two seed. And, you know, we got knocked out in the quarterfinals, which is fine. It was a great run for the girls. And I think once the season ended, we were able to take a deep breath and say, okay, <laughs> let's plan for next preseason now instead of, I mean, we were planning by the hour on the hour for months. And I think that's been the that's been the the running theme of of all the guests that we've had, especially at the college level of just this this because college soccer is so structured for a lot of it, you know, and mm -hmm. um and having to adjust at the last second. So so not only did you start this new job, you also had a baby throughout this entire thing. Um so how has that experience been in general as being starting a new job and having having your first kid right at the same time, like how, how has that impacted how you see coaching in general? Whew, that's a loaded question because <laughs> then you throw the global pandemic mm -hmm. into the mix and I would never do it again, but I've grown have a, a kid lot. or <laughs> have a kid <laughs> in a global pandemic and start a new job at the same time. You know, just that's a trifecta. Head. Yeah. Why you know, I, listen in Europe, you got the treble. This is the, like, this, this is the, the Colorado treble. There you go. You That's won. Right. I won. Yay. And I won't <laughs> enter again. Uh, so it, it was awesome. I think it was just a lot of change really quickly. Um, but you have your village and I think all moms can speak to that as you have your support system and whether it was remote or through a text message or a zoom call, any, or, gosh, we had presents dropped off at our, on our porch and just a, here you go, mom. And I think that, that meant a lot. And we can all, you know, pat our villages on the back. And I think Brittany sent us a few care packages and they just came at the right time where you just needed it. And then the new job, I joke with the CU girls all the time. I left them at nine months pregnant and I haven't seen them since because of all the restrictions. So they just thought I was just this very large coach. And I have no baby to prove it yet. So oh. I can't wait to show them the baby next time they allow fans in. So it's been good. Um, that's awesome uh, to, to hear that they've, that you've, that how you adjusted to it. And, and the to speaking about that village is, is extremely important. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Beamer, how has it been 
for you, considering you've had to, you've coached while both of your kids are a little bit older mm-hmm. and having to adjust to their lives and, and schooling and, and, and their activities and still having to manage your job and everything else? Sure. I think it's hard. I mean, I think I was going to um, say to Kelly, you know, I think as females, I think we're built to just multitask, you know, and, and obviously nobody would ever plan or, or be able to plan for a global pandemic on top of everything else. But I think the way that you have, you know, navigated through it, um, you know, says a lot about your village, a lot about your staff that's under you, as well as, you know, not to, you know, completely ignore, you know, the husbands, because they are the ones that are, you know, for me, for them, my kids are 10 and 12, you know, without my husband, Jason, there's no way that I would be able to do all of this. I mean, back in the day when, you know, 10, 12 years ago, when I, you know, when mine were little, little, he would bring them to the field and in between sessions. So four to five thirty would be the first one, then five thirty to seven, he would bring them to the field and I would nurse them in the car in between sessions. Um, you know, and then he, then he would just kind of stand there and make sure the kids weren't into, you know, running into oncoming traffic, you know, making sure that those kids are safe while I'm in the car nursing, you know, because we just exclusively breastfed Hunter for at least four or five months. So that was hard. Um, you know, I'm driving home from ODP, you know, from Rooney Road, Kelly, you know, all the way up to Fort Collins. And I am literally pumping on I-25. Like, you know, I got the the semi-truck guys honking because they look down and here I am like, you know, I've got two megaphones connected to me, you know, and I'm not kidding. It's totally true, but you have to do it, you know, because you still want, exactly, you still want to be able to be on the field and, and, you know, like still learning your craft and obviously, you know, spreading the love and giving back and everything, but you also want to have this other entity. And a lot of times it is hard to make it work, you know, but again, your husbands, you know, your staff, the people that are helping you to, you know, fulfill whatever it is that, you know, is in your mind as far as your vision. I couldn't do it without them. Um, you know, and I, I can't say that I equally love coaching and being a mom because, you know, I've always just wanted to be a mom. You know, I've wanted to be other things as well, but being a mom was first and foremost, without a doubt, they are my purpose. Um, I think it's a perfect segue into my to the next point of do you think the the coaching world views moms and dad coaches the same way? No. Do you think we're heading in the right direction? I don't think the world sees men and women or mom and dads the same at all. Um, Do I think we're heading in the right direction? Yes, because like I just got an email yesterday, you know, from the U.S. Federation just as far as like, oh, here's the next up and coming A and B and C licensed courses, you know, so I can obviously disperse that to my coaching staff to let them know it's up and coming as far as continuing their education. And Jill Ellis has a um, like a scholarship foundation, right? right? That is, it's 50% off for any female or woman, right? That, so that's a step in the right direction, you know, making sure that these women are getting licensed and, you know, if they have to take a week off of their job to go and attend a license course or whatever it is, maybe that money saved could be put towards daycare if they're a mom um, or put towards bills or whatever, if they have to, you know, you know, take time off of work. So I think things like that, as far as the women leadership, that is sitting, you know, at that 
at that coaching um, platform, I think they are beginning to realize that, hey, the reason why there's a lack of women coaches or women leaders is because they are at home, you know, and it's hard to be to be 100%, um, you know, in, in either place when you're kind of being pulled in two different directions. Um, it's tough. It really is. And, and for me, like the number one thing that I, I felt early on, like when I was a newer mom like Kelly, is guilt. And it's hard because you want to be in two places at the same time because um, you see that you're out there with everybody else's kids, but where are your own? Um, and that can be hard. That can be really hard. But I also want my daughter to see me as a leader. I want her to see me as somebody that other people rely on and things like that. So that's that's the important message. And you just have to accept the fact that you're not going to be at every single thing. Um, and to be able to influence, you know, other people's children is, is obviously, you know, why I'm doing it. Um, I'm going to put yeah, go ahead, Kelly. plug in real quick as far as stepping in the right direction. It's a little different than Beamers, but Nike didn't make maternity wear when I was pregnant. And so I was just asking the equipment department for large t-shirts or extra large t-shirts just to fit around the belly. And I realized, gosh, that in an, in itself is a disadvantage for women in the coaching world or an athletic profession in general to not even have access to clothing that fits you when you're carrying a nine month old child. Um, but I did give birth and then I think they came out with a maternity line. So I'm waiting to see Adidas's maternity line, but that I never even thought about it until I needed a shirt or a jacket. That would fit. Well, I was also going to say, um, I've been wanting to tell you this anyway, Kelly, so I might as well just do it on the podcast. Um, anytime I see you post pictures where you have Aiden out at the field, I just want to give you the most kudos for that because that's, we should be bringing our families in, in trying when it's appropriate to merge our li- our lives together and show that we can be moms and we can also be professional women and pursue our careers. And I think your staff needs to see that, your team needs to see that. You're setting such a good example for the women you coach to say, like, you can do all of these things. And to hear you say that, Beamer, about, like, you used to bring your kid to the field to nurse them, like, that's real stuff. And we don't talk about it. And we act like that's a secret. But, like, the number one thing people need to survive is food and shelter, but we don't talk about how we feed our babies and we don't have the facilities to do so. The fact you shouldn't have had to nurse in the car. Mm -hmm. You should have had another safe place that you could have done it, right? That you didn't have to do it in the car. Pumping in the car, that's a whole different conversation for a different podcast. But um, I think that between the three of us, we could probably make quite the list of places you've pumped or nursed. For sure. But we don't talk about it and we need not just women to be comfortable with it, but everyone to be comfortable with it because partners need to be comfortable with it. I mean, I tell Sebastian like day one snack guy, like, right. Like our partners help us get through all of those pieces. But um, I have always wanted to say, I really admire that you bring uh, Aiden out to the field and he's there often. And I try to make sure that um, in my circles at work too, that it's not uncommon for the kids in non-COVID times to be there and be present and be a part of it. So that way it's not weird for everyone else and it can start to be more normalized. Well, it's, I mean, it's fun to have him, but it was, there is a stigma to it. And I, I can't say that I just brought him to the field freely and didn't think about what other coaches were thinking or my boss was thinking, or even the players were thinking. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you don't see it. Um, and we talk about our husbands or our partners and, Fields was a coach too. And we couldn't put him in daycare because COVID and they had limited spots. And so, and we 
didn't have family around here. So we had no other choice. Um, but to have Aiden there and to watch college women play and see how strong they are and to grow up in that world of strong female leaders is just a blessing for us. And we've always wanted to raise our kids and to see the girls react to him and take him kind of under their wing or show him love and excitement. That's, it was fun, but it didn't go without <laughs> what's everybody thinking. Or <laughs> oh, there's so much judgment that go like so much judgment from others that happens. And then so much, it's the guilt that Beamer was talking about. Like you feel so guilty because this is the only way it works, mm-hmm. but you feel guilty and you absolutely think about I mean, even thinking about being virtual, like if my kid pops into a zoom, sometimes I'm like, Oh, is this okay? But like, then I tell myself like, who cares? Like I'm, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my best. Like, this is my life, but it is hard. It's so hard. Cause you do think about what everyone else is thinking. I think, I think part of it is, and I think we, I think as, as a society, we sometimes prioritize things differently. We live in a world that like, you can take your pet absolutely anywhere you want. Sure. It's viewed differently to take your kids certain places, right? Like mm-hmm. the reality is, is if you, if you like all of you, right, could coach with your dog next to you if it was classified as an emotional support animal, right? Like yeah. no one would tell you otherwise, and you would be able to have your dog right next to you the entire time, or a cat, mm-hmm. or a parrot, or or whatever you was your emotional support animal. But when we talk about our kids, um, it, it's not viewed the same way. And, and not only that, just the ability to, for moms have to be able to provide things for their kids. Again, Brittany talked about it, food and shelter, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I think those are the, those are the things that we're hopefully heading in that right direction for, um, you know, as a, as a, as a dad myself and, and, and I've, I've always kept my, my coaching life and my personal life almost separate from each other. I tried not to, and and obviously you can't be perfect at that. And ultimately it starts bleeding through. Um, but, but I have, but having the experiences lately of like the kids knowing, like the kids that I coach, knowing how, especially the older kids that I, that I coach when they were around, when, when Brittany was pregnant with Lila um, of asking like, Hey, how are your kids? Like that, that almost to me was a, was it was a brand new thing that I had never experienced before. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, and I, and I took a page out of, out of Beamer's book when I see her p- posting pictures of her kids at the soccer field, right? Especially your daughter. She was always, she's always hanging out with you mm-hmm. in your teens and your games and things like that. And, and hopefully, you know, and I saw pictures of Aiden hanging out in his backpack, just like, <laughs> you know, napping up practices and stuff like that. And you're just like, that's really fun. Um, and I think it really all clicked for me this year when, when I got to see my daughter at the soccer field for the first time. Uh, as a player, you know, with, with mm-hmm. Brittany being with her. And I think that that became a, a different scenario altogether. Um, so how important, you've talked about the the partners and your support system, but how important does that become specifically when it, when it does come to coaching um, and being able to manage your schedule now? Uh, you know, we, we all know that coaching at the, at the, travel level, uh, managing recreational programs, basically, or coaching college soccer, um, you know, having to go away for, for trips, uh, being at a soccer field the entire Saturday or having a tournament weekend two hours away when you're, when you're not back at all. Like how is, how has that impacted your life and how have you adjusted and how has the change been in between before like pre-kids and post-kids? 
Uh, you can, can, yeah, go ahead, Beamer. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like I'm always talking first. Kelly, if you want to go ahead, you can. Go for it. You say better things. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's It's been, a, I mean, I'm, my kids, my youngest is, is obviously, you know, older at the age of 10. So I think um, I don't, I didn't spend too, too much time away because, you know, overseeing that, you know, maybe U8 through U12 age group and the recreational side, we're not doing too much traveling, but still, if you have like a game down in Colorado Springs from Fort Collins, it's a good two, three hour drive. So you are gone for most of the day. Um, Sid would come with me a lot. Um, if she could, this is before she had her own games and stuff like that. Um, and I was actually going to say that before is a really different perspective is once your kids start actually really playing and you have to find yourself as a coach, but on the parent sideline, that should be a whole other podcast as well, because that is interesting being on the other sideline and just listening, but also like wanting to kind of say some things, but just knowing, Hey, you're just a parent. Now you got to keep your mouth shut. You know, um, well, Beamer, I can't wait to not <laughs> chaperone the Vegas tournament that my kids go yeah. to be like, Oh, I yeah. can't chaperone and just be a parent in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's interesting kind of bringing your chair and just, uh, yeah. I, so the hour before when the kids have to show up for the warm up and the parents really have an hour to what? Yeah. So, I don't know what they do because I'm always on the field warming the team up, you know? So it was a little bizarre in the beginning. Now you get to find out what's really inside that cooler. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I know what's in all those to go cups. I know. Believe me. <laughs> That's um, why you see all the parents be lining out of the parking lot. Like, oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Versus- <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty funny that um, that hour before the game, you know, and and a lot of times, like you know, when she's playing, I'm I'm obviously coaching on the same day, so I'm kind of running in and trying to catch a little bit here and there. But it was interesting in the beginning, like the very first couple games, you know, because she's you know U11, so playing competitive for the first time, and it, it was it was interesting. It was an adjustment, let's just say that. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm fully adjusted yet, and it's been a year, um, so I don't I don't know yet. But as far as the rest of it, you know, we didn't. I mean, we didn't, we would FaceTime and stuff like that. If I was away for the weekend, if Jason was home with the kids and and they're like almost exactly two years apart. Um, so when they were little, little, you know, it's a handful. And I tried to, sometimes we'll split the difference. Like one will come, you know, one will stay, you know, so that's always easy. Like man to man defense instead of playing zone. Cause you know, as soon as they start moving, one's running in one direction, one's running in the other. Right. Um, you know, or they won't nap at the same time. And if they do, it's like, holy moly, what am I going to do for an hour of silence, you know? Um, so I think again, just, you know, I, I mean, I would just like to give a shout out to the single moms. I mean, you do it because you, you have to do it. Um, same thing if you had twins or triplets, you do it because you don't have a choice, but it's a lot. It is, a, it is a lot. And, um, I think, you know, without Jason, without our husbands, our partners or, or, or our small village, you know, grandparents and things like that. I, I mean, I think it would be, it would be a lot harder you know, and, and I couldn't do what I do without my in-laws, you know, without my parents, without Jason. So um, it's appreciative. But again, like, you know, what I was saying before, and Brittany, I know you um, commented on too, it's such a sense of guilt because you don't want to miss anything, you know, um, especially in the beginning when they're talking for the first time or they're walking or or they do something and, and you want to share that experience with your kids because it's important important because it's it's a milestone and when you miss things like that that's where you start to weigh and that conscious kicks in um but you know i still think that if if your heart's in the right place and you're doing it for the right reasons coaching obviously 
um, you know, I think it'll all work out in the end. I mean, we have so much video capability now. If I don't see it for the first time, hopefully I'll see the, you know, VAR and we'll, we'll go from there if I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what about you? Yeah, it's, it's funny because I feel like in Beamer and Britt, you put on such a strong front that to actually be asked these questions and to actually talk about it almost gets a little bit emotional. Um, and I think what fields and I are going through right now is that we're both coaches. Um, I'm a college coach and he's a club coach and college coaching is usually in the morning and club coaching is usually at night and he goes to daycare during the day. And so for me growing up, family dinners were really important. Um, Saturday mornings were a thing. And right now we're at a point where when do you have a family dinner? Um, if he's on the field till 730 at night, three days of the week or four days of the week, or if he's on the field all day Saturdays and my games are Friday, Sundays, when do you get that time with everybody in the family? And even if he's home or I'm home, we all know as coaches that you get phone calls from parents or emails from parents or other coworkers, you're scheduling at the 5.30 time, or you can't meet with everybody until six o'clock at night because college kids have class and then they've got internships. And so the only time you can meet is during a dinner time or a bath time. And we're really having to think about our boundaries and the time where we just set aside, even if it's two hours, if it's a five to seven, one day a week, just to have that dinner. And mm -hmm. it's going to be a learning experience for us as new parents, but it's, it's scary to think that we're not going to, you know, have that time. And where do you put your priorities? And when do mm -hmm. you say no to your team and mm -hmm. put your family first? And that's something that I know Fields is struggling with. Like, how do I say I want to spend time with my kid when everybody else is saying, well, you need to spend time with a team or have a team meeting or answer this phone call. And mm -hmm. it's a new phrase for him. And it's a new phrase for me is, no, that's time for my kid or that's time for us as a family. And we've never said that because we've been 100% coaching mm -hmm. for our, our entire working lives. Um, so we're getting there, but it's hard. There's if it makes you feel any better, they probably won't, re you know, he's not going to remember anything before he turns eight. So, okay, that, you know. that helps. So I have eight <laughs> You're years. good at least for the next seven six years. or seven years. I'm just Don't tell our jobs that. <laughs> It does make it me feel a little better. Kelly, I've had the same conversation with Sebastian. Like literally I can like feel the ache as you're talking about it. Um, because I, as much as COVID like hurt so many people and like, really like none of us like could have had jobs, right? Like we could have all been in much worse circumstances and there are people that are, um, we had never had so many meals together until that, right? Like we had never, and I, I was enjoying them, but I also knew they were going to end. And so when they did, um, it was just like a really hard transition back. And I knew what I signed up for, right? Y'all are coaches. So you chose your career. I chose my partner and I knew his career and I knew what we were going into. And I wanted to be the supportive Mrs. Coach, like in the background, biggest cheerleader. I knew it was going to be nights and weekends. And I knew we weren't going to have these dinners, but it doesn't hit you until you have kids that that's how it is. Like for us, we just wait till nine o'clock at night, eat together, whatever. But when you have kids, that's not an option. And then even with the kids, you figure it out eventually. Like you said, cup one night a week, you get to do something and that's the time and that's it. Um, and you enjoy it and you appreciate it. But it took, I think I didn't even know 
fully what I was missing because I was putting on that front of, it's not a big deal. It's not that important. Like we're making other memories until we were able to have it. And then going back to not having it was really hard. And now we're adjusting again, but there are still times that I tell them like, wow, like we're in the same house a lot of the day right now, but like, we're obviously each working and you know, it just, yeah, you just hit really like on the nail on the head. That whole thing is so hard and it's so emotional. Um, so, so, and I'll ask Brittany this question. So what is it like to, to be the partner of a soccer coach when you have kids? Cause it, it, and I know you and I've talked about this, we've had this conversation before and you started alluding to it. Um, but, but what is, what is that like? Cause I, for me, it's still, it, and I hope it never, I never get used to the idea of, uh, of, of when I say bye to my kids, uh, when I'm about to go to the field, they automatically know I'm going to the soccer field. And like that part, like it's exciting. They know what I do, but it's also like, oh, that sucks. Like there's that almost that like, again, that guilt. But what is it like to be on the other side of that, of that relationship? I mean, again, I knew what I was signing up for when I started dating you. I knew what your career was going to be. I knew when we started dating that I wanted to marry you. I knew what we were going to do here. Um, and like Beamer said, I knew I wanted a career, but I also knew my number one goal in life was to be a mom. Um, and I always tell people if I could be just a mom in a professional, like volunteer, like I would rock the mess out of being a room mom, volunteer and coach, do all the things, right? I would be awesome. But because I have to work, I'm lucky that I work in a career that I love um, and get to do that too. But I knew what we were walking into. Um, as far as what it's like, I would say, ironically, that the feeling you have about the kids knowing you're going to the soccer field is actually what I love um, because they're seeing you do a career that you are passionate about. And it's not one of the standard, you need to go to college to be a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, you know, one of the standard things that everyone cookie cutter wants to be like, they get to watch you coach and care for people, um, and help, help young women in particular learn and grow and develop and be leaders. And I think that's something I'm excited for them to know more about as they get older is that like their papa like helps women be stronger women, like you're coaching women. And I think that's really cool. Cause you've always talked about why coaching women is so important to you. Um, and, being a woman myself, us having a daughter and I want Ethan to grow up to be like, yeah, women, like, let's go ladies. (laughs) Like right now for, he likes pirates. So instead of ahoy mateys, he says, ahoy ladies. And I'm like, yeah, let's rally the ladies. Let's go like empower the ladies. (laughs) That's how I'm going to take that. Um, but I think from being like being your partner, like, I think it's just compromise. Like, yeah, there's days that I wish like what Kelly said, like, I wish we could have more meals together or I wish, um, we could do things that people do on weekends, but that's you wish just Dwayne not... wouldn't just call me in the phone randomly. Dwayne's not the 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 culprit, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> no, all due respect, I get it. Like I try not to call Sebastian <laughs> at eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Well, sometimes you like get I home really and you're like on the phone when you get home and whatever. It's just me. The kids are already asleep, so it doesn't matter. But I think it's hard when it's like you worked at the field from like 8 a.m. to like 6 p.m. And then you're home and we have like an hour and a half until the kids go to bed and then people still want to call you. And that's when I'm like, they need to wait. They need to wait. Is Sometimes I ask, um, is are you getting paid for this? Which I know is an obnoxious question, but you've already worked 12 hours in the day. Or is this an emergency? Can it wait till 8 a.m. tomorrow? Um, because I think those like sometimes in some moments, like as a partner, 
like the attention has to shift. But at the same time, there's a lot of admiration for the care and concern and intentionality y'all all have with your players. Um, And that's why you can't turn it off the way I can turn off my work at five o'clock. Y'all cannot do that. Um, Like you're dealing with parents and you're dealing with the players and things happen at all days and times. Um, But I like that our kids know where you, that you go to the soccer field and they're like really proud that you coach. And like Lila wants to coach. Like she's always like, I'm going to go coach too. Like, I think that's really cool um, for them to see a career path and see someone so passionate about their career. Um, There are just times that I wish there was more time in a day or we could do some normal things. I think long weekends, like people are always talking about like, oh, it's a holiday weekend. No, it's not a holiday weekend. It's a tournament weekend. So (laughs) y'all are all going to do fun stuff at the lake or the pool or the beach. And I'm going to be over here chasing these two people around, maybe go to the field to watch a game if I'm brave enough. But otherwise, I'll see you way past bedtime. And we'll, we have to figure out other times to do uh, vacations or day, one-off days off uh, to kind of spend time together, like here and there. Um, it's never the weekend. So Kelly, I guess you and coach both, you and coach, you and Fields both coach, but it's those one-off days that we'll be like, we're going to take off this random Wednesday right? Cause there's no travel practice or like it's going to have bad weather. So we're going to take both off and we're going to spend the whole day with the kids or we're going to do whatever. Um, those are how we incorporate our weekends or in our like memories. And we're still working on it. We're nowhere near like I talk to Sebastian every two weeks about how like, I want more time with them, with him and with the kids, but there's no perfect system. So we're definitely still figuring it out. And that was, and awesome. was a lock breaks together for the porta potties. All <laughs> you play Brittany. Y'all need to get it together. No, that's one thing I am. I'm going to be honest on this podcast. Coaches at Delaware Union, use the locks. Don't call Sebastian after hours about the locks. And don't make him call you about the locks. Lock the stuff up. It's locks. You're not five years old. Much love to all my (laughs) I love all the coaches at Delaware Union, but y'all are adults. So please conduct yourself in that way and take care of the facilities. My husband is not the only one that takes care of the facilities. Thank you. You got to hit him with a hundred dollars an hour. If you call after nine o'clock, a hundred dollars an hour. No, I mean, yeah, with a different, a different conversation. They need to, they can handle it. He doesn't learn how to take the lights down. He shouldn't be on the phone telling you how to take the lights down at 10 o'clock at night. You can all learn it. (laughs) I'm going to stop now. As a solid point. <laughs> um, all right. So before we wrap up, I, I just, I, th- I think I, I, I'm thinking of like, I had all these questions written up, but I, I think I keep thinking of different things as, as things come up, but, um, and I'm hoping that, that like, I, I know this can be an emotional question, but I, th- and maybe it's a loaded question, but I think, um, but I think, it, I think it, it's, it fits in with what we've been talking about, but, um, what do you wish like if you're like let's just say it's you're, you're <laughs> like hunter and sid are 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 like 25 30 years old aiden's like 25 30 years old and they had to write a letter to you uh about this time like about your your coaching career right about the time you spent being mom coach coach mom that 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 part of it what do you think that letter would say or what do you wish that letter that letter would say it's 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 a race of who clicks the mute button first. I know I don't want to overstep um, Kelly if she wants to talk first. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hope that, you know, from a female perspective that, you know, that Sid will, you know, see that there's passion there, um, you know, and that, that soccer, I don't know, it, it never really, well, I guess maybe it defined me. I let it define me. Um, but once I kind of retired and stopped playing, it was kind of weird trying to find out like exactly how, where your place is once you're done playing. And I was still coaching at the time. I I was coaching while I was finishing playing. I was about 27 or 28. Um, but I stopped playing so we could start a family, you know, because that is what I wanted to do, you know, besides play. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that for her as an adult or for him as an adult, I, I hope that they see that there was sacrifice, um, you know, that I wanted to always be with them. Um, but I also want to make sure that, you know, I'm in the best headspace um, emotionally, um, physically, you know, mentally, if I'm not happy and if that's what brings me happiness, then I'm not going to be the best mom that I can possibly be with the time, even if it's limited, Brittany, like you were saying, even if it's, we have to carve out two hours on a Sunday or whatever else. I think if, if I'm not in my best self, for example, then I'm not going to give my best self to them. Um, you know, so I, I hope that they, that they can, you know, obviously be full of pride, you know, when they see, you know, what I have accomplished, you know, alongside trying to raise them. Um, hopefully they're good people. Um, you know, that's my main, main, and, you know, my husband and I both share the same values, you know, I mean, they don't have to be rocket scientists. They don't have to be professional soccer players or, or whatever, but they, they have to be good people. That is the main, main, main thing that, that we are after here. Um, and, you know, for me, I mean, that's part of what I bring on the field as far as my coaching philosophy, same thing to the kids, you know, soccer is just the vehicle, but we're really learning about life. We're learning about how to treat other people, right. How to be a teammate, you know, how to multitask as well, but overcome adversity and all those things. Um, and, and us kind of, you know, rolling with the punches and, and being kind of split in two different directions. And I know for, for you guys, you're younger moms. So you're just starting to feel like what that's going to look like and you will adjust and it will have ebb and flow and you are going to, you know, miss something and it is going to be upsetting and you're going to take your moments and you're going to cry. Sometimes you're just going to open the second bottle of wine, whatever works, you're going to get through it. But I just, I hope my kids see that um, the times that from their perspective that I did not maybe put them first, that they're always thought of everything that I do. I don't care if I'm going to the bathroom or just running somewhere for an hour or whatever, what they're doing, how they're doing it, who's going to be with them, who's influencing them, who's around them is always the first thing that crosses my mind if I cannot be there physically. So I just, I hope that they see if I'm not there in the, like physically that they can at least look back and say, well, you know, mom had, you know, set this up for us. or she was at least thinking of us. She left us with grandma or dad or whatever. And she was still involved somehow, you know, um, not so much that they see that it was like more of a, like of a struggle or the guilt. I wouldn't want them to feel that. Um, but I would want them, you know, to feel proud that I continue to, to, to fulfill my passion and my happiness. So I could then turn and be the best mom that I could be for them. I think that's important. That's awesome. Kelly. I should have gone first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, it's interesting because Aiden's only 13 months old. So you do think a lot about what's he going to think about these times. And I think we discuss a lot about bringing him up in an environment like we are um, where his parents are coaches and his mom's a, you know, a collegiate coach and his dad runs a club and, 
we want him involved and we want him around people and we want him around that feeling when you win a big game or even the emotional feeling when you lose a game or to see players grow through a system and to have him on the sideline and how you conduct yourself around a referee or a tough loss or, you know, a player that's crying because she got injured or how do you respond to those moments in life? And to have him at 25 look back, I want him to be like, that was fun. Like I really enjoyed going on road trips with my mom and dad to see the Rangers play or in an NCAA tournament or to see dad go to regionals. And we got to go to Boise, Idaho and gosh, I don't know, hike a mountain (laughs) or Hawaii. And, but we got to be on the sideline with him and look what he's done or look what my mom's done. And just to be proud of what we've done or the world that we're in. And he gets to see that and, you know, wear the colors. And like you say, your kids are proud to see you go to the field. I want him to be proud of just that community or that village and have so many friends and whether they're little boys, his age, or they're girls or, you know, athletes or non-athletes or coaches or not coaches that he just, he has this maturity about him as he grows up to have a conversation with somebody and to look somebody in the eye and shake somebody's hand and be confident in who he is and what he wants to dream and accomplish. And hopefully he gets that from, you know, watching and being surrounded by people who are going after their dreams or achieving those things. So that's what I hope. And I don't coach, but I um, put myself back in school when Ethan was a couple months old um, to get my doctorate in educational leadership. And I've been in school for a couple, two years now, a little less, and I have about two years more to go. And there's so many times like y'all are saying, because I know y'all continue your education with licensing and um, all the things you have to do. But I, there's times where I'm like, I want to quit. Like, why am I spending any extra time that I have doing homework um, when I should be with them? Or why am I waking up so early or staying up so late to do this when I should be taking care of myself or doing something? But to the points you you both made, I really want them to be proud. And I want them to see that education in any form, whether it's through the college experience or through ex- life experience, is important. And when you're passionate about something like the way y'all are so passionate about coaching, um, you should follow that, right? And if you're going to help be, if it helps you be a better person and helps you help people, then you should pursue that. Because ultimately, all I've heard all of y'all talk about why you coached, either listening to podcast episodes or knowing you. And you all do it because you care about people and you want to make them the better people, the best version of themselves for their lives outside of the game. Um, and so as an educator, I do the same, right? Like I want to make sure my students are growing and taking care of and becoming the best version of themselves. And I hope that our kids will look back and be like, yeah, like, that's what mama did. Like she made sure we were being the best version of ourselves and her and Papa were doing that for other people too, while they were doing it for us. And um, so while I'm not a coach, I think this, the education definitely is a theme amongst all of us for our careers, but also um, all the work you do to, to raise your kids. It's all education. (laughs) Like we're just like trying to teach them every day um, to be their best. And there's a lot of emotional labor that goes into that. I think Beamer, when you're talking about, like, even if you're not there, you're there, yeah. like you're there. And Kelly, I know you experience this every single day. Like you're there in your mind and you're thinking mm-hmm. about X, Y, Z thing that could be happening or going on, or did you pack the right lunch? Or are they going to mm-hmm. eat? Or are they going <laughs> to, you know, yeah. uh, did you, do they have extra clothes? Do they make a friend? Mm-hmm. Are they being nice? Are people being nice to them? Mm-hmm. 
that's never going to go away though. You know, I I think my mom legitimately worries about me to this day (laughs) and I'm over 40 years old, but that just shows, you know, kind of where I came from. Right. But I think also us as females and women that are, you know, professionals, I think we also got to learn to give ourselves like cut ourselves a break a little. And mm-hmm. to realize like you are, you're going to mess up. You're, you are going to fail every single day at this, as far as being a professional, being a coach on the field, as well as being a mom. That's okay. You know, yeah. but what we say to our players, right? If you make a mistake, you know, what you do right after that mistake shows a lot about your character. How are you going to pick yourself up? Right. Like we talked about adversity. It's the same thing here, you know, but I think as moms, we just, we have to learn to kind of just, just give ourselves a, just a little bit of a break, you know, and allow, I think as, you know, a, a parents of 10 and 12 year olds, you know, I, I've, I've kind of taken a step back and realized that like, okay, Jason may not do it exactly the way mom does it, but that's okay too. He's not supposed to, he's not mom, you know, dad fills a different role. Um, but they also need to learn to, you know, go to him for certain things that maybe they wouldn't, they would normally come to me, you know? Um, So I think too, it's important, you know, as far as that goes, you know, give yourself a little bit of a break and realize that, you know, they're still getting what they need, but it just may not be from you, but that's okay too, because that's how, that's how life's set up. You know, they're not, you're not going to be around them all the time, you know? So they have to be able to navigate a little bit on their own. Um, But it's hard though, because it's like tough love. You want to be there. You want to see everything. So I understand. Our kids are starting to play me though, because Sebastian oh, yeah. speaks to them in Spanish and I understand Spanish, but I don't think they know that I really understand it because uh, I'm not quick to speak it. But so sometimes they'll ask me something and if I say no, they'll go to him and ask him in Spanish or they'll talk in Spanish. Cool. And so it's only going to get worse as they get more fluent and I get less fluent. But <laughs> I'm glad you realized that because even if they weren't speaking Spanish, it's going to get worse. Just oh, it's going to get worse in general. And I only like, I, yeah. They are going to continue to just play me in other languages for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank, thanks to the three of you uh, for coming on today. Um, I think it's, it's, it's always been interesting to me. Um, you know, I've, Brittany and I've had the same conversation um, for a long time about this idea of having kids and, and, and being able to coach soccer at the same time and, and sometimes um, I don't think I even really realized what it meant. Um, but I think it's, I never really realized what it meant for, for, um, for the moms that are coaches that, that I think is, is, is something that we, we, and we talked about at the beginning, right? Like it's not, it's not all the way there as far as being equal and, and it's, it's hopefully needs to change and, and it needs to get better. Um, but I just want to say thank you because I think, you know, Dwayne and I, <clears throat> um, we talked about it, you know, without, without moms, we wouldn't be here, li- literally, like we, we wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think what, what you're all doing for your kids and, and the examples that you're setting are, are fantastic. And, um, and that's, that's why I coach like that. That's ultimately like at the end of the day, that's why I coach. Um, that's, it's part of it has to do with my mom. Um, Part of it has to do not not from a soccer standpoint. Not like I don't know that she cares a whole lot about that part of it, but but it but but I think that's if that's the interesting part. Um, even though my mom, I, I think it's one of those things like if you can't beat him, join him kind of thing. Like between me and my dad, I think we just wore her down, and she's just like finally admitted to the fact that she like maybe enjoys the game. Um, but 
but it's just a support system of it, right? Like she might not watch a whole lot about soccer, but she, every time I, I talk to her, you know, if I'm coming back from a game or a tournament, it's the, the idea of like, Hey, how'd you do? How, how is it going? Or, or things like that. And like, mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, as Beamer, you said it, right? Like your mom still worries about you. Like that's happens every, like for me, if I go away for a weekend and I have to stay at a hotel or something like that, like I'll get a text message going, did you get there? Um, mm-hmm. or, or tell me when you get there, that kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and even, and I think even more importantly is the the connection that I have. Um, and I think that's something that we want to make sure like our kids have Kelly brought up family dinners. Like that's something that we've, we like our weekends, like living five minutes away from our parents. It's not something we take lightly. Um, we want to have that connection with our family. We want um, a lot of it does, does revolve around soccer. Um, you know, I, I called up Argentina. I got Boca juniors to move their game from Sunday to Saturday, just so that way it doesn't fall in on, uh, on mother's day this weekend. So that way we can watch the game. Um, <laughs> but, uh, because if not, that was going to be a topic of conversation on Sunday with my mom and with Brittany. <laughs> Argentina played on our wedding day. Like, I mean, it just, in the world cup, like it just is what it is. I fully expected there to be a game on mother's day. Am I thankful it's tomorrow instead? Yeah. But it was just going to be part of the scene. That's the, the norm. Yeah. I hear um, you. So this, this sport, uh, for as much as we all love it, wouldn't happen without moms all over the world. Uh, because there wouldn't be anybody to birth the players. Um, so, uh, so thank you. Thank you. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast and just thanks. Thanks for being awesome moms and being, can I put a plug in? Yeah. So I was going to actually text Beamer this after we got off, but I do want to say just thank you to Beamer for being a role model for some of us young moms, especially those coaching is that there are doubts sometimes that you think, can I do both or, what does it look like to be pregnant on the sideline? Um, and what are guys thinking when I'm, you know, the pregnant lady waddling around screaming at the referee, but, or how do you do it with two kids or to see Sid's picture of her holding her mom's hand, walking mm-hmm. to a game. It's just, you've been such an inspiration. I might cry. I think that's a mom thing, but you, you've been such. That's an okay. I almost cried too. Don't worry. Yeah. You've been such an inspiration to me Aww. that, yeah, you can do it and you can be a badass coach. I don't know. I'm the one that's cursing now. No, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. But you can be both and you can be a badass mom too. And the way Sid looks at you and on the field and just looks up to you, just thank you for saying that you can do it. And it's hard and sucks, but do it because there are a lot of kids that aren't your kids that still look up to you as a coach and you can't let them down either. So I was going to text you that. I appreciate it. Figure we'll make Sebastian cry. There you go. I mean, we're not, listen, after I had kids, it doesn't take much. <laughs> it just takes one animated movie or somebody to compliment me. And I'm, I, I go into tears. It's a lot. Uh, it's an emotional roller coaster. That's for sure. Yeah. I think y'all are so amazing. I tell Sebastian all the time, like Kelly, sometimes you text us for advice, but I always tell him like, she amazes me. Like we haven't even gotten to spend a lot of time together in person. And I'm like, she just simply amazes me. Um, and so as much as you, like we can keep passing kudos around and keep doing this thing, but um, just know you have someone rooting for you and looking up to you too. Like you are just incredible Beamer. I'm so excited to get to meet you in person. Cause I also think you're incredible, but Kelly, I do look at you a lot. And even when you're doubting yourself, I you're awesome. And you're doing such a great job. And I'm just so in all of the work that you do with these college women on the field and off the field. So you also have someone in your corner that's looking at you and admiring your work. Yeah. Thanks, Britt. Absolutely. 
I, I don't have anything else to say. That's it. That's All I gotta say is you guys make me feel really young. <laughs> Enjoy it, Dwayne. I'll go to Vegas. Listen, Dwayne, you got you got a you got a doctor in your corner that's also pretty cool and awesome and fantastic and amazing. So oh, yeah. She's we live the same lifestyle as everybody else, just minus the little ones running around. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know how Brittany gets the doctorate done and because I'm trying to get my master's and I can't fit it in with my coaching schedule. <laughs> Got to get up at five in the morning. Yeah. Oh, oh, there it is. Yeah. That's it. There's a deal breaker for doing I do it in the morning. That's probably why it's still in progress. <laughs> I'll do, I, I do it in do the that. morning. That's it. Mm-mm. I, I can't function that early in the morning. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Because y'all coach at night. Like I don't coach at yeah. night. Y'all are working at night. Yeah. yeah. And like, remember, um, so here, here's a little piece of advice that I would give you guys. So, um, I know some people have their kids like get up real early. I know Kelly, you were talking about how you're going to like break the cycle. Cause you know, he gets up at like, I don't know, before the sun, right. Five. Yeah, that's that to me, that's early. So you have to kind of like, you know, train them. Right. So, and the whole question you need to ask yourself is, do you want to be alone drinking coffee or do you want to be alone drinking wine? So for me, it's coffee hands down. Like I, I don't even talk to my husband until the second cup is like finished. So wine at night, they could be up running around. Like what, you know, when I got a couple of glasses of wine in me, I'm like way more fun as a mom. So then if they're up a little later, then they'll sleep in. See? Yeah, I tried that, but the problem is that I'm up later then. He still <laughs> well, gets up true. at five. <laughs> but you know that's the balance that's the compromise right the glass of wine comes at like 5 10 p.m <laughs> and if you don't get it in by 6 15 you're down to one glass sorry uh, hey did the he problem- regress i thought he got better did it go back it's like 5 22 now oh, okay. <laughs> we'll take it minute by us, minute the problem the problem with us is that like if our kids don't go to bed at that same time then the next day ethan doesn't want to leave the house <laughs> <laughs> we got I like this kid. Work. I need to. I need to meet him. He's he's something. You'll meet him in August. Yeah, Perfect. he is. He is absolutely something. He's Dwayne's like favorite. Dwayne Dwayne is absolutely his favorite coach. He plays that he's Coach Dwayne at home. He walks around the house and goes, "I'm Coach Dwayne. I'm Coach Aww. Dwayne." <laughs> How great is that? It's awesome. That's Wait till cool. he says, "I'm Coach Beamer," and he starts dropping <laughs> F. <laughs> <laughs> I think after a week. How old is he? Two. Two. Oh yeah. Well, things start to stick around then. So maybe I'll watch my mouth. Don't worry. We'll bring him over. He'll be coach Chad and he'll be throwing stuff on the, just throwing stuff around the house. There you go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, today was absolutely fantastic and hopefully, um, it, hopefully people take something out of it. Cause I think there's, there's, there's so much that, that we can learn, um, and that we can still, hopefully change for the better. Um, and with, with the three of you on the podcast, we're heading in that direction. So thank you. Happy mother's day. Happy, Happy mother's, mother's day. day. To you guys too. Enjoy. All right. All right. Duane, uh, what a crazy week when it came to like champions league and Europa league. I mean, crazy in the sense that like we have, we know who the final two teams are for both leagues, but, um, not so much as far as results. I don't think, uh, well, I just know one thing. That Star Spangled Banner is playing once the Champions League final is over. Yeah, you think so? I mean, 
there's a hundred percent chance the Star Spangled Banner plays. I mean that, that that is also true. Yeah, we got players on both teams. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. There's a hundred percent chance that an American wins the Champions League. Yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 been it's been really cool to, you know, um, to to see the the progression of these players. You know, you got uh, Zach Steffen at, at City, and you got Pulisic obviously at at uh, Chelsea. So that's that's really cool. Uh, you know, for for me, from Argent from an Argentinian perspective, um, you know, we got representation in Villarreal, got representation at Chelsea. Uh, got a position at, at City as well. Uh, no Manchester United. Well, I mean, technically, technically, yes, I have a representation at Manchester United. Um, you guys got representation at every club in the world. It's not fair. That's right, man. Uh, I mean, we technically have representation in, in Manchester United. Not that he's ever going to play, uh, but Sergio Romero is still there. I was about to say, is Romero, wasn't he supposed to leave? Are we talking he's about gonna, him leaving? Yeah, he's leaving at the end of the season. Um, but also on an update from last week, if you watch, my dad brought this up to me yesterday when we got in the car to go into practice, he's like, oh man, your player of the week is, is, so remember my player of the week was Edison Cavani last week. Right. Uh, yeah. He announced that he's staying at, uh, at Manchester United because this guy can't stop scoring goals. I almost wanted him to like go into drought. He said, Hey, I'm not good enough. And his right foot said, Hey, guess what? We still got some gas in the tank. He's got a lot of gas, man. He's he's he is fired up right now. He's a petrol. He's a walking petrol station. He is, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's coming up. I mean, May 29th is the 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 Champions League final. And May 26th is the Europa League final. Um, so really looking forward to those two games. I think that's going to be. I mean, I'm I'm going to go out and say it's a City United like win. Both Manchester teams are going to win. Manchester is the best city in Europe. I, I just, I just, don't, I don't, I don't see Chelsea uh, beating City, and I don't see Villarreal uh, beating United. I just don't. I, I don't know. I watched the Arsenal game yesterday against Villarreal, and I just didn't. I just don't see how they're going to score against that monster that is United right now. I mean, until you put your money on on it at the casino, yeah, I'm not doing. I'm not doing that. Until you do that, it's all a toss up. Because yeah, I mean, even then, it's still is even then it's just. I mean, you got to look at Chelsea's manager. Where was he? Not even a year ago. Yeah, but he still lost that final though. But he I mean, was. I, he made it to, like. Yeah, he was on the cooler. He was on the cooler. He was on the cooler. Foot broke. Now the yeah. foot's not broke. He's yeah. off the cooler. Back in the Champions League, he said, "I could do it sitting down. I could do it standing up." So, I mean, I would just watch out for him. Yeah, he got a couple. I mean, it, he just took charge of Chelsea and other the Champions League final. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Um, all right, well, we're gonna continue with that Chelsea theme for a minute as we move on to our Player of the Match award. Uh, my Player of the Match is Emma Hayes, who is the Chelsea women's uh, coach, who is uh, hours or forty eight hours away from playing in their final game of the league. If they win, they'll win the league title. Um, and then she's got a game against, uh, I believe Everton for the FA cup final. And then May 16th on next Sunday, uh, she plays the women's champions league final against Barcelona. 
A lot of games. Important yeah. Games. And not only that, not only that, again, being in the theme that of Mother's Day weekend, she's also a mom. So just just all around awesome. Awesome stuff. Yeah. And we and we got to listen to her um during the convention this year, and she was she was really cool. Um she the way I, I enjoyed watching uh Chelsea women's team. They they play really well. Um so it's it's really exciting to see that. It's also exciting that she's got she's about to go for three uh three championships this year. So that's that's really exciting. Um all right, who do you have for your player of the match, Dwayne? My player of the match goes to all the Americans that played the Champions League, specifically Pulisic and Stefan for making their way to the final. I know Stefan didn't really do too much. He might have played a game when Ederson was out with COVID. I think two. he played. I think he played in the in the group stage. Yeah, but for them, you know, that's that's a big step for U.S. soccer. I general. saw that Pulisic became the first player in ten years to score and have an assist in a Champions League semifinal. The youngest, sorry, the youngest player in 10 years to have an, a, a goal and an assist. DeMarcus Beasley? In 10 who, years, though. Who yeah. is DeMarcus Beasley? Was that the previous person? Oh, I don't know who the youngest was, was before. I mean, it might have been somebody else. I, it wasn't just an American. It was just in general. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, was, oh just in general. Yeah, just, just the youngest player in 10 years to... You know who's coming. You know, you know who's taking that next year. Phil. Uh, Phil Foden? I mean, hopefully. Phil, hopefully Phil Foden becomes the first player to score a hat-trick in a Champions League, or the youngest player to score a hat-trick in a Champions League final. He'll be the first player not to celebrate the Champions League <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First player to not celebrate a hat-trick in the Champions League final. <laughs> um, all right, on this uh, on this day in soccer history, because, again, continuing with our uh, Mother's Day theme. So uh, somewhat so soccer-related or world football-related um, so, uh, Dwayne, I'm assuming you're, you're aware of who Shakira is, right? PK's wife. That's right. You know, her and PK are exactly 10 years apart. She's exactly yeah. to the day, 10 years older than he is. Oh, it's like same birthday, same birthday, just 10 year difference. That's crazy. I know yeah. she was older. Yeah. She's exactly 10 years older than he is to the day. It's pretty cool. Hey, nothing wrong with having an older lady. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, so uh, today, May 7th, 2010, right before what happened that summer of 2010. Wait, ask that question again. What happened in the summer of 2010? Yeah, the World Cup in Africa, in South Africa. That's right. So Waka Waka was released. May 7th, 2010. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> May the 4th be with you. <laughs> May the 7th be with you. May the 7th be with you. Yeah, Waka Waka, man. Which to this day is like almost like has become a soccer anthem. So, yeah. Waka Waka. The Waka Waka is, uh, was, was, came out this day, May 7th, 2010. Um, so yeah, that and Boo Zealous, the thing that you know, yeah, I missed the Boo Zealous. You missed the we, oh, maybe we bring that back for diamonds this year, dude. That used to like, I know people hated them because they sound like a bunch of bees buzzing, but I, I kind of like them. Yeah, let's bring it back. I hate when kids walk around with them at like youth soccer games, but <laughs> love them at an international game. 
<laughs> Let's bring him back for the summer. Let's bring him back. We're bringing back the Bubuzella. All right. If anybody has a partnership or knows anybody that sells Bubuzella, <laughs> Bubuzella Inc., you get a sponsorship. Yeah. So, some, you know, give us some sponsors. Some, some, you know, there's probably some sort of pile somewhere in the middle of nowhere uh, with just a bunch of Bubuzellas left over from the 2010 World Cup. <laughs> Dan Simmons is going to pull up with, with a. Uh, a bag full of boobuzellas. He owned a trash bag. Trash bag of boobuzellas. Hey, I got these for my kids. Like, hey, Dan, you ever heard of COVID cleaning? <laughs> better sanitize some to boobuzellas. Uh, all right, fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week goes out to all the moms out there, uh, specifically my wife um, and my own mother uh, and my grandmother's and my great grandmothers who are no longer with us, but, but all the moms out there just in general. Um, thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, we wouldn't be here without you. Literally. But I was about to say literally, literally wouldn't be here without you. Um, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, in general, uh, specifically to, to my mom, um, for me for me uh she holds a special place in my heart outside of the fact that she's my mom but uh her and i have a really really cool relationship um and she's always been super encouraging of everything that i've ever done um so thanks so, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah to talk to you on that thing definitely my mom and grandma you know always especially grandma was at every soccer game <laughs> she did not care um i remember one time i told my mom it didn't matter if she came to my game or not because my grandma was very vocal. It was that hype woman running up. I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, yeah. My mom was very quiet. Like Josh Katz would tell you, she never said a word. She would sit there and hang out. I know like I was a demon on the soccer field, get yellow cards. So it was tough for her. So now shout out to them for always being there, getting me to games, you know, waking up at 6 a.m. Even when I forgot my cleats going to the August Cup. <laughs> Oh. Buy me a pair of cleats on the way to the August Cup. Oh, that—that—that's not that. Almost, almost everybody has that story, right? That's why I always tell my kids: don't forget your cleats. Your cleats. I got a pair of shin guards for you in the car, but don't forget your cleats. I—I don't, I don't have a size eight, six, seven. You can fit an eleven. I got you. Yeah, right. yeah. Don't forget those cleats. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, that's a that's a, if that's if that's not a uh, a life lesson. I don't know what is, right? Don't forget your cleats. Pack your bag the night before. Pack your bag the night before. That's right. Yeah. Well, what a what a great episode. So uh so make sure uh you think you say thanks to to all the moms out there. Um say thank you for for everything they do. Um what a great what a great way to to end the episode. Um it, it's been a it's been a fun day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.